Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint, and with me today... Hi, Jim. Kimberly Majeski here. Kimberly, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. You know, the days are close now. We are right on the cusp of Christmas 2017. So amazing. And I know that there's a lot of excitement in your house because you have a three-year-old. I have a three-year-old, and so everything is huge and exciting and the first for him this year so because we're loving it because he can it. really appreciate all yes, the and he can touch and he touch. can he can recognize the grinch and uh he can feel the manger and the stories of books we have so it's it's so exciting okay now, but wait a minute is there a favorite christmas treat that you think your son needs to know for christmas right so i always make my grandmother's macaroni and cheese with sharp cheddar cheese, extra sharp cheddar cheese, and heavy whipping cream and real butter. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it sounds like a kind of vein-busting, artery-busting, yes, so delicious treat. We have it once a year, and uh, he does like it very much. There you go. Merry <laughs> Christmas to Max That's and your right. Kevin, hit your husband too. And we are so thrilled, speaking of food, to be at yes. lunchtime with some great souls who've experienced a few more Christmases than you and I, mm-hmm. Kimberly. That's right. And when we come back, we're going to ask about what they remember as they've faced Christmas, not just for 20 years or 50 years, but even 80 or 90, almost 100 years. Stay with us. Kimberly Majeski and I are seated at a table at the Primrose Community on the northeast side of Indianapolis, and I'm so thrilled to be here with some of the finest people I know, not the least of which is my mom. Your name is? Mildred. Mildred, (laughs) I'm so glad you're my mom. Oh, I'm glad you're my son. Well, thank you. It's about time I got that. No, no, <laughs> no. You my all mom should is, know she's his biggest fan. My mom has always loved me and helped me to feel special. That's right. And mom, how old are you? Ninety-six. Wow. <laughs> Going on ninety-seven. She wants to get to that ninety-seven mm-hmm. right away. And uh, mom, do you have a memory of Christmas? Any memory growing up, 96 years, you're going to have your 97th birthday next. That's almost a century. That's a lot of Christmases. What do you remember? That's a long time ago. (laughs) But one that came real fresh to me is when my brother John was two years older than me, and he was like about six, and he had complained about Christmas, what he wanted and didn't get the year before. And so... Uh, we went to bed, and and I thought that was the end, but John had gotten up in the middle of the night and got to his chair where he usually sat, and on his chair was some thin boards, sticks, and uh, he went to the basement and made a little boat <laughs> with that those sticks, and it was real cute, and he put it back in the chair and went to bed. I didn't know this. My folks didn't know this. But in the morning, we got up and John had a boat in his chair and he raved about the boat he got. But the family knew that he had complained about the gift the year before. So they had put some sticks in his chair thinking that they would make something of that in the morning. But they couldn't because here was this little boat that he had made. But John just thought that little boat was wonderful. And then he was really amazed when he had stuff under the tree. And now he had another Christmas. And he was very thankful. And he told his folks how 
appreciative he was for the sticks that he got that he built the little boat and he learned his lesson, Happy didn't he? ever after. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you told that story because that's going to simplify my Christmas gift giving this year. <laughs> In fact, Mom, I know where you sit. <laughs> Let's see what you can do with what I leave on your chair. Kimberly, you have your arm on the yes. shoulder of one of our dear friends. And who are you seated next to? This is Esther. Can you say hello? Hi. I'm glad to be sitting with you today, and we wondered if you could share a story of one of your favorite Christmas memories with us. Well, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, I was raised in North in South Florida, below Miami, and uh, my dad was of not many, not much means. So every Christmas he would go out into the forest there and pick and chop down a small tree for our Christmas tree. And if it didn't have enough branches on it, he would find some branches and nail them to this tree. <laughs> I mean, Very industrious. It had to be just right, that Christmas tree. Of course, we wanted Christmas to be colder than it was. I remember my dad packing oranges, because we had an orange and grapefruit grove, and he would pack oranges on Christmas to send to his customers all over the states. Thank you, Esther. Can we ask how old you might be? Going on 90. Wow. And in great Going form. Strong. So glad to be at the table with you. And also we have... Yes. Who is this? Levina Bryant. Levina, how old are you? I am 97. 97. Wow, what a great distinguished company we have. And Levina, can you remember a Christmas that stands out in your many years? Yes, I was raised in a restaurant. In a restaurant? My parents owned a restaurant, the only one in this, this little town. And my Christmas tree was at the restaurant. But I had a little artificial tree in my bedroom. But it wasn't decorated. It was just to remember that there was another tree that I could do what I wanted to and my re my Christmas memory was different than most people, but I enjoyed it. You do what you can. <laughs> well, but what do, what do you remember about Christmas in the restaurant? Did your folks serve holiday well, meals? Well, my or? grandmother was living, and she got me two China dolls from Germany. I still have them. Wow. And that's cherished in my room now. They were very important gifts. What a treasure. Where was this restaurant? Where did you grow up? Lake Village, Indiana, halfway between Chicago and Indianapolis. I understand. Thank you, Levina. What a great memory. In Matthew chapter 2, we have one of the two records of the birth of Jesus, which of course is the foundation stone of the whole Christmas celebration. And this is what Matthew tells us about the birth of Jesus. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that same time, wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? 
In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest, and they gave him gifts, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. The story of the wise men, of course, is one of the great images of the Christmas celebration. And right there at the end of the story, we hear about some gifts. Mm-hmm. Do any of you at our table today have any lessons you have drawn over a lifetime of this story about gift giving or about the celebration of Christmas or what the wise men can teach us about finding Christ? Any of you have an idea? I always question the fact that he used wise men to tell us the story of Jesus. Why wise men? So how many wise men were there? Well, we think there were how many? We think there's three. I don't know. But why do we think that? Because they brought three gifts. That's it, isn't it? Because the scripture doesn't actually tell us how many there were, but it does say there were three gifts. And the wise men are not the only ones who tell us about Jesus because in Luke, we know that the shepherds who were at the other end of the economic scale also have a witness of the birth of Christ. But the wise men are a curious group and they're not even in the Jewish community. They're from far away. They're foreigners, you might say. And probably uh, pagans, right? Maybe astronomers, people have wondered. But it's interesting, right? These people who are outside of the house of Israel are the ones who come and worship and bring gifts. And of course, I think the lesson we can draw is that Christmas is for everyone. That's right. And when the angel appears to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem, the angel says, do not be afraid for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all All people. people. And that includes the people from Persia, Mm -hmm. which is where we think these wise men came from. And it includes the people who are close by in the shepherd's field. And it includes us right here at the table today. Jim, I was just reading the Christmas story to my little son, Max. You all know he's three this year. And I was reading it to him last night. And I was explaining the reason that we get Christmas gifts is because the wise men gave Christmas gifts to Jesus. And he said, do I just get three? Only three, Mom? This is what he asked. (laughs) Could I get some frankincense? (laughs) Kimberly, you know something about biblical history. I do. Can you help us understand the gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh? Right. So these are really precious uh, things that the wise men bring. Uh, The gold was a gift that you would bring to a king. It was a way that you honored and um, brought your wealth and your riches to uh, bless a a king of another land. 
The gold in the ancient world, like gold today, one of the most priceless and precious commodities That's that right. can be materially owned. That's right. The frankincense and the myrrh, of course, are oils that would have been nard, so they would have been hardened, but they're precious oils. Very expensive. Very expensive. And they were the kinds of oils that were used um, for royal people when they died to preserve and honor their bodies. And so even at the birth, Jesus is given these precious gifts of oils and nard to prepare his body when he passes. And so this is a way of these kings or these wise men saying, we honor you as a king and we bring gifts to you um, from our kingdom to yours. They're a kind of signal also of the death of Jesus is part of the reason he was born. Sure. And I think there's a kind of prophetic witness in these gifts that may not have been in scope of the wise men's understanding, but stand as a testimony over these many years that God was preparing uh, with this signal that Jesus was born and he was born to live, but also to die for us. Now, wait a minute. There's something else about this that strikes me. These gifts were given to a poor family. Right. The wise men are likely people of great means, right. and they gave sacrificially based on their economic status. Right. But the recipient of their gifts was a poor, desperate family because we know that Jesus was born in very humble circumstances. Where the animals That's were right. kept, right? Because right. right. he was in a manger, which is where the animals would come to feed, so it's kind of like out in the barn, we imagine. Mm -hmm. This is very poor. Very uh, poor. You wouldn't choose to have your child there unless you couldn't afford anything else. Mm -hmm. So the gift-giving was extravagant in the sense that the wealthy people gave these gifts, mm -hmm. but it was to a poor family. Kimberly, uh, we all have an idea about why this was important because what's going to happen next to the small family of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus? The small family is going to have to flee because uh, King Herod is going to find out about the birth of this baby. And so they'll need means to flee to Egypt and to escape the massacre of Hebrew children that... Herod will launch in fear of this Messiah. And so the wise men, again, maybe not understanding completely the power of their gifts, is actually going to save the life of Jesus. Of course. And when we come to Christmas and we think about gift giving, well, we think about how we want to please our loved ones with right. something that they might use or favor or dream of. But Christmas should be also a time where we think about how we can give gifts that are beyond our understanding to bless mm -hmm. and who in our world needs something mm -hmm. that we have or that we can sacrifice. So gift giving isn't just about the proving of our love to one another, but also to be useful in giving life to someone else. And that's why at Christmas, it's so wonderful to be able to surround yourself with family or friends and have some gift exchanges. But don't let this Christmas pass by without being very intentional about giving a gift sacrificially based on what you can afford to do to help someone who's truly in need because your gift could maybe save their lives. You'll never know. But that's the pattern of the New Testament. And that's the story of the wise men as you just lifted out, Jim. They probably had no idea how their gifts would be used, but God entered that. They brought what they had. They offered what they wanted to offer to honor this king. But God used those gifts to make the family uh, be able to be kept safe on this journey for the next couple of years. So what we give, God takes, breathes life into it, and 
rescues and heals and uh, carries people through dark situations that we might know anything about. Some children see him lily white The baby Jesus born this night Some children see him lily white With tresses soft and fair Some children see him bronzed and round The Lord of heaven to earth come down Some children see him bronzed and round With dark and hair children see him on and die the Savior whom we kneel beside some children see him on and die with skin of golden hue some children see him dark as they sweet Mary's son to whom we pray some children see him dark as they and oh they love him children in each different place will see the baby Jesus face like bears but bright with heavenly grace and filled with holy light oh lay aside each earthly thing and with thy heart as offering come worship now the infant king tis love that's born
we're talking to some great souls who have lived long and well about Christmas. And we've just been discussing the story of the wise men. Uh, Mildred Lyon is here at the table. This is my mom. She's uh, 96. And she was just recalling about her parents, who are my grandparents. They owned a hardware store in Seattle, a little neighborhood called Fremont. And mom, as uh, you were remembering your mother uh, helping to manage the store, what did you recall about the way she managed the money in the cash drawer? My mother was the cash register business person for the store. And she worked in the store, so she had all the money. She managed to put a certain amount that she wanted in a green box. And my dad knew it, too. They worked together about it, and my mom would tell him, that goes in the green box. <laughs> and what did she do with the money in the green box? What was the extra for? When she decided, or he decided, that their tithe was made all right, this was extra oh. from their tithe. They gave over. They, it was, the green box was to give money away above what they gave normally to that's their right. church. And that was the way they lived. And that's about giving that's to right. help other people find a way forward. Mm -hmm. And how God can use gifts that we don't even know. We don't even know how they're going to be used. But God uses what we set aside and what we give over to God. In the story of the wise men, at the very end, there's a very important phrase. After they had worshipped Jesus, after they had given their gifts, they'd made the long journey, they had discovered this Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Son of Man, the exact representation of God in human form. I mean, they understood the magnitude, I think, of who this child was. Mm -hmm. After all that occurred, the scripture tells us that they went home a different way because God had warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod mm -hmm. because God knew that Herod was looking to find where the child was and the wise men should not go back and disclose the address right. where Jesus could be found. But that phrase, they went home a different way, has always jumped off the page of me mm. because it tells me that when I come to Christmas and when I come to meet Jesus, I should be changed. My journey home, my journey forward should be different than the way I came. I should be traveling on a different path. I should see the world differently. I should know things differently. I should manage the money in my green box differently. Right. Everything about me should be changed mm -hmm. because I saw the Christ of Christmas. And that's our prayer for all hearing us today. For our dear friends at the dining table, for everyone who's listening on air or online, this Christmas, make it your ambition to find Jesus and then to go travel forward into a new year a different way than the way in which you have already traveled in the year just ending because Jesus should transform everything for the good. How do you do that? You're wondering. Well, good question. We want to encourage you to worship Jesus this Christmas and find a church, a place where others who are seeking Jesus gather together and where Jesus is the subject and the center. Maybe on Christmas Eve, you'll stop into a church and you'll just worship there with the carols and maybe the candlelight. Maybe the Sunday before Christmas, you'll find a place if it's not your ordinary custom, but don't let this Christmas go by without worshiping Jesus with others who are also seeking him. But there's another way you can also seek Jesus, and that's to pray. Because God will honor you. If you seek Jesus, you will find. And we can help you get started right now by praying. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, 
Just take a moment and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today for the way in which you have sent Jesus into the world for the Christmas time and the wonder and life it brings. Even people who do not appreciate Jesus are somehow drawn to Christmas. We pray that the Christ of Christmas will stand forward and that we will find him. Help all who join us in this prayer, Lord, who are seeking Jesus, find him. Lead them to a fellowship of believers where he can be found. Lead them to a sure and certain presence of Christ in the deepest part of their being in response to this prayer. Open the scriptures to them so they can see him. But I pray, Lord, that as we find Christ this Christmas, that we might find our way into the new year traveling on new roads in different ways, in better ways than we have before. I know, Lord, that you are hearing this prayer. And for everyone who's joined us in it, I pray that before 30 days pass, everyone who is seeking Jesus with us in this prayer will have a moment where they know he has been found and so have they. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. Will fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy? Oh, repeat the sounding joy. Oh, repeat, repeat the sounding joy to the world, the Lord If you'd like to know more about how you can find Jesus or more about Christmas, just give us a call. Dial this number 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. But Kimberly, I know not everyone wants to just pick up the phone a little scary sometimes to get a live voice. How else can they find us? We'd love for you to find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. And send us a message, and we'll respond to you right away. CBH, that's Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. Viewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there, and we'll also find online some good ideas about how you might give a Christmas gift to someone whose life can be changed by your gift. And also, as Kimberly has said, you can send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420 Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, 
please. Let us hear from you this week. Kimberly, always glad to be in your company. Oh, good to be with you and to be here today. Merry Christmas to your house and enjoy that macaroni and cheese. You got it. Merry Christmas to you. And I want to thank all those who are table guests today at the Primrose Community on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Merry Christmas to each of you. Thanks for being on air with us. And thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll be with us again next week as a new year dawns. But until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, and for the Primrose community, which has been a wonderful host with great hospitality to us today, this is Jim Lyon. Merry Christmas, and stay tuned.